Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, right here in downtown Northport, wherever you're watching the Joe Kager Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. We're happy to have you guys jumping in and joining us today. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and of course, you're watching us and listening to us on BamaCentral.com, the Sports Illustrated home for your Alabama Crimson Tide. I am, of course, Joe Gaither. You can follow me at Joe Gaither 6 on all the social media platforms. We appreciate that. Send me your comments, questions, queries, and concerns. Anything you want to talk about, you can find us right there at Joe Gaither 6 on any and all the social media platforms. Before we get the day rolling, we want to encourage you to follow our other Bama Central Broadcasting Network podcast. We've got our friends Blue Collar Unplugged with Matthew Gibson, Blake Byler, and Jacob Pickle. The basketball boys are getting started up pretty soon. The Alabama basketball season, I think, is starting in 20 days. What I do know is tomorrow is SEC Media Days for basketball. So we will be up in Birmingham. Myself, Blake Byler, and several of the Bama Central crew will be up in Birmingham to talk to Nate Oates, talk to Aaron Estrada, talk to Mark Sears. We will ask Eric Musselman, if he grew any over the offseason, we'll talk to Dennis Gates as well from Missouri. We'll get a lot of action, see uh, see if Bruce Pearl has stepped out of the politics and back into basketball uh, as we're getting excited for SEC basketball. We'll be all over it tomorrow at BemaCentral.com up in Birmingham. And then Thursday, I believe we'll be back at it, talking to Christy Curry at 9 a.m. for the Women's SEC Basketball Media Day. So it's going to be a fun rest of the week we're gonna reach out to a couple uh a couple of tennessee guests try to bring on some tennessee volunteers writers maybe vince ferrara uh we'll try to reach out to somebody up in knoxville that knows what's going on with the balls for thursday and then of course on friday we will be doing football friday with our friends katie windham and austin hannon austin hannon nailing it last week with arkansas and the spread but not hitting all the picks we uh obviously did all our picks and you can see our picks right there at bama central and on the BamaCentral.com YouTube channel, uh, wherever you're following us on YouTube, you can see our picks. Or if you want to watch the whole episode from Football Friday last Friday, it is right there as well. But we're going to have a lot of fun today. Welcome back into the Joe Gaither Show. It's Tuesday. I hope you're having a great day. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to be welcoming in Tyler White, the sports director of WDHN down there in Dothan, the home of the Wiregrass. Tyler White is a University of Alabama graduate. You can follow him at Tyler White TV on the X machine and uh, follow all his takes. And we're very excited to uh, catch up with Tyler. Tyler was on the field at Brian Denny Stadium the entire time this past weekend. I was only allowed on the field the last five or six minutes. But if you have a TV camera, they let you on there the whole time. So, Tyler, how's it going, man? Thanks for hanging out with me. You look great right there in the TV studio. Yeah, we got our uh, we got our afternoon show going on right here behind me, but I'm doing great, man. I'm gra- glad to be here. Absolutely. Um, so thankful that you let me be on here. Talked uh, talk to you. Great to catch up. Obviously, we worked together at the uh, the radio station, Tide 109, right there in Tuscaloosa, and it's great to be here. Great to catch up. Uh, early morning for me. I don't normally get up till around noon ish, honestly, but uh, I'm feeling good today. I'll get out of here, go cover some uh, high school volleyball region tournament action going on uh, later on today. So gonna be a good day nice what what high schools are you going to shout them out well enterprise first off i'm going to start off in enterprise they're hosting 7a region 2 they're an enterprise their tournament um so that'll be prattville um 
Montgomery, uh, Percy Julian, JAG, and Montgomery, and then um, Dothan. I think that's it for 7A Region 2. And so then I'll go live from there uh, for the 6 o'clock show, and then we'll I'll jump over to Geneva where they're hosting 4A Region 3. So uh, I think that's actually 7A Region 3 as well. It's Region 2 in football, but Region 3 in volleyball. So that's where I got confused there. What's it like to uh, be, be – you're back in your hometown. You're the sports director. This is the television program that, or the television channel that you – one of the channel, channels that you grew up watching down there, and now you're in charge of all the sports, man. That's so awesome. I'm proud of you. What's it, it like? It is. It's, it's, it's kind of – it was surreal at first, but now obviously I've gotten used to it. But, I mean, it's great because it's just – everyone sees me and they're like, hey, I, I remember you. We grew, I mean, we kind of grew up together. I mean, I played sports down here, obviously, everyone – remembers me from playing sports together and then I really I know a handful of these coaches already a handful of these teams especially at my school um so it's always great to go back and be able to uh see the guys at Dale County uh where I graduated from and then it's just great to be here broadcasting to the place that I grew up bringing content and bringing hopefully smiles to people's faces in the place that you know made me who I am Dale County All-Star Tyler White out there bringing up. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, you, uh, you, you've you taken a great journey since you graduated at the University of Alabama down there at WDHN. I'm really proud of you and all doing great, great work uh, covering all the high schools. And you're covering more than just Alabama. You're also covering Auburn. You're covering Troy. You're covering South Alabama as well. So you've seen a lot of good football this year. Uh, let's just start with Saturday. Let's start with Saturday. Obviously, I was up in the press box for most of the time. We got to see that was so awesome. I was filming everybody. I was like, oh my gosh, there's Tyler White. Uh, it, was, it was great. Um, so, well, give me your field level perspective. A lot of people unhappy with the result or unhappy with the performance. Obviously, Alabama winning in 24 21. You got to remind everybody that the Tide did win on Saturday. But what was your perspective just from, you know, from uh, start at kickoff all the way till zeros on the well, field perspective is it's tricky because you see it from a certain angle, but I think probably over there in the press box is probably the best place to watch it from. I mean, you get to see the whole field. It's like the all 22 footage, right? But there on the field, kind of what you see at first is Jalen Milrow. He was kind of being indecisive there at first, right? Before before things really took off with that 79-yard touchdown apprentice. It's it's the thing that you've kind of noticed with Milrow kind of all season to this point is he's not decisive. He's not quick with his reads really a lot of the times because I think he really does enjoy throwing those deep balls. I mean, why not? He's really good at them, but he's he's looking for those deep plays, those big plays every single time when sometimes it might be smarter to just, you know, make that decision to pull it down and run it quicker other than, you know, looking to wait for those plays to develop deep and then a defender finally catches up to you and takes away that opportunity to run. And also sometimes those same plays, he'll be out of the pocket and he won't throw it away, which is a problem that he's had as well. He's taking sacks instead of throwing the ball away. So it's just a little bit of indecisiveness. Um, it seemed when he finally got going, he was hitting on really um, – he always hits on the deep balls pretty well for the most part, but he's really hitting these intermediate throws, these deep crossers, uh, out, out routes and things like that. Um, he was hitting those well. He's very accurate on some throws to Jermaine Burton on the sideline. I saw, I think, a, a couple of Kobe Prentice over the middle. Um, he's very He's getting very accurate on these intermediate passes. Uh, so that's kind of what I saw there in the um, first half is when things really started to click. And our run game was obviously going very well. All four running backs, Jam Miller, Jam, um, <clears throat> Jam Miller uh, and Justice Haynes finally got some work. They haven't really been getting involved as much up until this game. But I'll tell you right now, I think Jam Miller might be the best running back on this roster watching him. And I think he looks like just looking at him, he looks like an NFL running back to me. 
But and then obviously we know Jason McClellan and Roydell Williams are always going to be those good efficient and they're going to get the yards and they're going to make the big plays occasionally. Um, so I love to see our running backs all getting involved. Um, one thing that really did disappoint me later in that game is finally when Milrow started getting a little bit more comfortable again late in that fourth quarter, he was making some decent throws and we saw drops from uh, one key Malik Benson on third down. And right before that, I believe it was either Isaiah Bond or Toby Prentice dropped one over the middle. It was a little bit tougher of a catch, maybe on like a higher ball, but it's, it's a catch that these receivers have to make um, in this offense. So. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm almost done with my rewatch, for, uh, and, and that'll be out on BamaCentral.com and probably as soon as we finish here, about 1230 or so. I've got like the last quarter to go. But, I, yeah, you, you saw – okay, first the first two series, Alabama offense does absolutely nothing, and it seems like a tradition to come out and go three and out the, over the first seven games, uh, come out and just not play well. And then, okay, you, you're, you're staring at a three and out again, and J- Jalen Milrow finds uh, Kobe Prentice down the field – and that sparks the entire offense. They go three drives, three touchdowns after that, and they're going into the they're going into the locker room feeling good about themselves. They come out of the locker room, they have a decent drive to midfield and punt, uh, and, and, and then they go, they drive all the way down the field in the red zone and kick a field goal. What drove me absolutely nuts was you got real good push in the run game on that on that second drive of the of the first half or second half, excuse me, and. Tommy Reese on the first third and three down in the red zone just calls a straight up drop back, uh, and then, then ultimately ends up uh, to, to a field goal. The, the offense never got going after that, really. I mean, you did have the crucial end of drive, end of game. We're going to get a first down, and thank God Amari Nyblack made that catch, and it was into kind of some danger zone. Uh, but it's just been feast or famine with the offense. Feast or famine with the offense, even in the AM game. The AM game two weeks ago, you're 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 you know, you're taking a lot of sacks, you have no running game, but boom, you hit a couple big passes. What's the sustainability? I mean, that's what everybody's worried about. Everybody's worried about can you beat Georgia? Can you beat LSU? Can you go to the college football playoff and 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 you know acquit yourself very well, perform well? What's the sustainability of an offense that can hit on these huge plays, but also is has a deep propensity to take negative plays as well? It's something that it's something that the Alabama team knows that they have to get better at is the um not necessarily conservative, but you know, just down to down, making the plays that need to be happened every single every single down. Um, the short short routes, slants, uh, little hitch hitch routes, things like that. It's things that Milro doesn't really look for early in down. Like I was looking at uh, in the third quarter there, some of the plays that Milro was taking sacks on. I think I saw uh, Prentice. He gets open on some hitches right there in the uh, in those quarter zones. Yes. Um, and Milrow's just not looking at those. He's, he's looking deep uh, early in downs, um, looking for people to get open deep. And it's you look for those, but you don't want to look for those every single play because that's when you're going to start taking sacks because those take time to develop. And this O-line, the O-line has been – it was I feel like it played well against Arkansas at times, but also number 40 for Arkansas – Name's escaping me. He was Landon absolutely. Jackson. Was, I've been writing yeah. it a bunch this weekend. Landon Jackson. He is. He is insane. He is. I mean, he looked like a first round pick to me. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what the consensus is on him. But he looked. He looked very good against this Alabama team. Um. So it's just. It's just things like that. You have to. You have to play, down by down, and you have to make the plays that need to be made to keep things going to set yourselves up for 
easier third downs, easier second downs. Um, it doesn't always have to be the big shot. Um, so, but you, you mentioned that, that third down at the end of the game, um, to Nye Black. I, you guys got a field perspective on the field. I saw that and I'm like, that might be the greatest throw I've ever seen. Cause I should, I see there's a man coming right into Nero's face and he is, he just lost one up and it's in the middle of like three defenders. And you're like, that goes right into the bucket to, to Nye Black. And then you watch, you, you do watch the, the broadcast angle and you're like, what in the world was he thinking? <laughs> it was like right in the middle in between three guys. And I'm like, oh, that is an interception. Like, it was like no. a free throw. It was like he just like lobbed it up there and, and Nye Black was the basket. And it was it was a clutch shot, I guess. But like, whew, it's a close one. It's definitely a close one. It's definitely a scary one. Also, I mean, my perspective on this game, it's funny. So the whole game, the, Alabama's defense was so dominant in the first half. So dominant in the first half. And it wasn't like they really slowed down at all in the second half. It was just KJ Jefferson started making plays happen. And the, the first touchdown drive was also just absolutely just the penalties. He <laughs> crushing penalties that were just out of nowhere. Cause I mean, I don't, we didn't have many other penalties other than that drive. It didn't seem like to me. Um, so I'm just watching this whole game and I'll tell you, Joe, I bet, I bet the over the total over before this game. And I'm like, Arkansas can score a touchdown right here. It's not going to bother me if Arkansas, Arkansas scores this touchdown because at the end of the day, they aren't moving on this Alabama defense. So let them score this touchdown on this. They've gotten a couple gifts, and that'll make me – that'll get set me up better to, to win this bet at the end of the day. Right. And I'll tell you, the um, the original line was 44-and-a-half, right? Okay, yes. It was minus, uh, minus 115, I think. And so I, I looked at it, and I could take 45-and-a-half like minus 107. So a little bit better odds. And what is the final? What does the total end up being? Hit right on 45. 45. Right? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I just got greedy, Joe. I got greedy, which is kind of kind of funny because that's – it seems like maybe that's Milro. <laughs> he, he gets greedy. He, he starts hitting these big plays, and he's like, I want to keep looking for these big plays. He's, he's a big game hunter, I mean, honestly. Well, it's been a lot of fun watching this football team. I know a lot of, pe- a lot of people have been unhappy – uh, unhappy because you're not winning. You're not winning by huge margins. And, and, you know, everybody's like, where's my week where I don't have to take my heart medica- medication? I don't I, – I, well, I, I'm, I'm not really in that camp because I feel like this team has been growing week to week. And I also feel like the expectations have been absolutely absurd anyways because it's Alabama. But, 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 but really and truly throughout the college football season from – Georgia all the way to USC to Texas to Michigan well not really Michigan they've they've been blowing teams out but they haven't really played anyone really you have lots of these teams I mean you look across the division at Georgia they're a two-time champions and they've been having struggle wins at Auburn you were there weren't you they've been having struggle wins up in Nashville I mean yes Vanderbilt never really got close to them uh and sure they smacked Kentucky but they haven't really looked like two-time champions The, the the college football landscape has been so wide open really whether it's been USC going to Notre Dame Notre Dame losing to Ohio State on the road you got obviously Oregon and Washington were undefeated they had a great game this past weekend but Texas and Oklahoma also having a great game but it hasn't been all pretty for Oklahoma either or even Florida State Florida State uh, having the close game at Clemson and they're looking like a college football playoff uh, team what would be your message to 
maybe Alabama fans who haven't seen this, the, the, the scope of college football change over the last or haven't noticed the change over the last maybe two years with the transfer portal really, really taking hold, with NIL really, really taking hold and spreading spreading the talent thin. These games are a lot more fun for the neutral fan, but also just a lot harder to win. It's funny you say that because I grew up my whole life watching Alabama football with all these, uh, you know, Southeast Alabama, it's my family, and they're obviously used to the blowout wins. And it's just everyone, all these – the majority of Alabama fans remind me of my grandma. It's like Alabama uh, gets throws an incomplete path. It's just like a throwaway. It was a broken play on on first or second down. She's like, "What the is Alabama doing? They don't know what they're doing. This team don't look like nothing this year. They don't got a chance." And it's like he sometimes you're not going to score a touchdown every single play. Like you <laughs> have to you have to give things a chance. And it's like we're not blowing out all these games. I'm a person. I'm a fan of good football. I lo- like. I'll tell I'll tell people before the 2018 national championship, my favorite Alabama game I ever watched was the loss to Deshaun Watson's Clemson. Oh yeah. It was such a fun game to watch. I mean, it was just incredible. And that's the level of football that I like to watch um week in and week out. Obviously, I love seeing Alabama with the blowouts and huge stat lines. I love being able to, you know, flex our players. It was Bryce Young throwing five touchdowns. I'm like, Dude, this guy's the number one overall pick. What are you talking about? You're crazy. But it's like we we don't have that this year with it really any. But our defense does look very good. I feel like our defense is right there with Georgia, if not a little bit better. Um, when we're making the tackles that we need to make, because I'll, I'll say one thing: that that broken tackle by uh, AJ Jefferson on Terry on Arnold was absurd. Like I don't know what Arnold could have really done better. Because I mean, he's draped all over him, bringing him down. That's just a large human being in KJ Jefferson making a large human being play. But, but like you said, it is, it is a wide open, it's a wide open field before this week. I genuinely thought Oregon was the best team in the, in college football. And then they go and lose to Washington. Washington's having a great season. Michael Phoenix looking like one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best in college football. I mean, because I mean, Taylor Wilson goes, Taylor Williams goes and throws what three interceptions in a loss or a bear. Yes, this past weekend, um, it's just nothing is consistent because every week is a chess match in these college football games. These coaches all go in wanting to win. Like, it's not just your team that wants to win. Every coach is spending all week making their game plans and fine-tuning it and trying to win a chess match at the end of the day where you make one move and your whole game plan is thrown off. Like, you put in a, a certain player at a certain position and the other coach is like, what's going on here? I don't know what to really do anymore. It's it's things like that. It's like the small moves that really throw off the greater scale game plan that make these games completely different than how you expect them to be. I think the early part of the Arkansas game with Alabama, you had Travis Williams, the Arkansas defensive coordinator, really all over what Tommy Reese wanted to do the first couple of drives. Uh, and really even on the touchdown drive that Kobe Prentice scored. And then subsequently, Dan Enos – Everybody sees Arkansas was 0-4 or 0-3 in the league, three losses in a row, and lost four in a row overall. And so they say bad football team. But these guys are desperate too. Dan Enos had a great, really, scheme throughout the whole game. Yeah, I think they could have been a little more aggressive, especially on some of those fourth and short calls that they ended up punting. But as far as scheming against the Alabama defense in a a place where they were definitely out-talented – 
I, you know, just like you said, the other coaches want to win. The other teams have 85 scholarships as well. And so sometimes you just have to be a little patient with everything and you're not going to be uh, dominating, dominating for every single snap. I mean, there were definitely moments you go back and look at the film on some of those run plays. Golly, Jaden Roberts has been such a breath of fresh air subbing in for Darian Dalcourt at, at uh, right guard. And, and I think you know, the offensive line has had moments of real dominance, but just as you said, the other team wants to win as well. So sometimes you have mental lapses or sometimes you have physical uh, – physical, you get beat physically and it just is what it is. got to fight through it. And I think that really the Alabama fan base should be celebrating the ability to fight through adversity. Obviously, Texas got one over on you at the end of the fourth quarter. They beat you on the field. They beat you schematically and physically uh, in the fourth quarter. Certainly, and you can Alabama fans can be upset about that. Certainly, but uh, really, ever, ever since then, it's been just kind of a beautiful picture of fighting through adversity, figuring out a way to win. And obviously, you, you'd feel better with a fifty-six to nothing win, and you, you you know you get to go sip your sweet tea and have your nachos and not be worrying about it. But like, I just think this is just kind of the new way of college football, and it's the perfect time now next year coming in with the twelve-team playoff. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about that loss to Texas. I feel like that game really flipped a switch for not only this defense, but for Caleb Downs, like singularly, because that kid has been playing out of his mind since that Texas game. I mean, he looks like one of the most he looks like one of the most experienced players on our defense. And he's a true freshman. I mean, he looks like an absolute stud. And it was that I feel like it was that Texas game that really flipped the switch for him and told him, like, this is a different level of football. These players can take the top off every single play, and it is something that I'm really going to have to work hard to keep up in. And since then, he has been. He has been every bit of what we expected him to be since that game. Um, But like you said, I mean, in the SEC overall, like Arkansas, bad record, but I mean, three-point game, three-point loss to LSU, seven-point loss to Ole Miss, um, uh, eight-point loss to – 10 point, 12 yeah, point 12, loss. 12 point loss to, to 12 point uh, loss to Ole Miss. And it's just they're close in all these games. Seven point loss to BYU. Uh they're close in all these games. They're one score games and another one score game and it lost it to us. It's people will tell me that this SEC is not as strong as it has been in years past. I I denounce that. I think it's not as top heavy, but I think the bottom teams are not as bad as like Vanderbilt competitive. Uh, Missouri competitive, Auburn competitive, Kentucky was five and zero. I mean, every I feel like every team in the SEC can beat every team any given week, nearly. Besides, maybe Georgia is maybe a little bit more dominant than everyone else. But I mean, at this point, I feel like if we go into Georgia and they don't have Brock Bowers, what are they going to do against our defense? Like, tell me, what are they going to do against? I don't know. Like, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, I think we have every bit of a chance against Georgia. Brock Bowers is the only thing that scares me in that matchup. So, well, t- put me put me in Jordan Hare Stadium. What two, three weeks ago when uh, Auburn uh, Auburn and Georgia are squared off, and obviously the atmosphere in Jordan Hare Stadium is is intense and crazy. Uh, but Georgia didn't really play that great. Auburn played better than they, they better than they are really. Put me in, in in that stadium and really talk me through that experience. So the first half is just you're just waiting for Georgia to you know start putting it on because it's like this is Auburn Georgia's 
supposed to beat the heck out of them, and it goes in tied up 10-10. to You're like, all right, well, Georgia started slow, but they tied it up going into the half, so it's probably going to come out and be all Georgia. <laughs> so you're on the field, and then Auburn scores a touchdown, and it's like Auburn's going to keep going in this game. It's going to, it's going to keep being a good game. And Auburn – Auburn's defense played incredible, but they did have a lot of help from that crowd. I, it's so loud there. It's just like you can't hear anything without you know, just really – like if you have headphones on, you have to press them closer to your ears to be able to hear. And it's just – they're so loud. They love football there, obviously. They love football just as much as we do over in Tuscaloosa. Um, And it's the, it's the thing where it's – Georgia obviously has the talent – talent gap there and it, it starts to show when Brock Bowers just puts on an absolute master class in the second half and it kind of seemed like things started to click for Carson Beck a little bit more there in that second half too because he had not been um he had not been what Georgia had hoped him to be probably up until that second half in the Auburn game when he really he really started to put on a show but is that more him just being like hey I can throw it to Brock Bowers whenever I want he's gonna catch it and make a play or is that him finally you know seeing the field, making these correct decisions, making these good throws, good reads. And it's also a thing where Auburn Auburn has to figure out their quarterback situation a little bit. Um, they ain't got one. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it might be time to give Garner a, a shot. Because um, I look at Robbie Ashford and I look at Peyton Thorne, and I'm like, what does Peyton Thorne really provide that Robbie Ashford doesn't? Because um, I don't know. I, I mean, I tried to – I talked to Peyton Thorne after the game, and – He's kind of a meanie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he was kind of a meanie. I don't know. I guess he was in a tough spot, tough loss. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But he was he was a little bit of a meanie. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was an it was an awesome game to be at. Absolutely awesome atmosphere. Uh, the only thing I don't like about <laughs> the only thing I don't like about Jordan Hare, uh, besides the fact that that's where Auburn plays, <laughs> is um the sun. It, it, it makes it so difficult to get the the color right on the camera. It's just seeing the, the the shadow on one half of the field and just raw sunlight on the other half. It's like it's it's difficult to deal with. Then this is an ignorance question on my end, but does the orange hue of the Auburn, you know, for the the crowd, does that also play into that color, or is it, it probably does sun? like reflect reflecting light things like that? Um, but yeah, because when you're looking at the field and then you shoot up to the crowd, everything's just so blown out. So you're just like you have to. Turn down the color so much, but so yeah, absolutely, it's it's it's, it's definitely a struggle there. So, well, where will you be the next couple of weeks? We're talking to Tyler White of WDHN in Dothan. You can follow him at Tyler White TV and follow WDHN at WDHN on the Twitter machine, the ABC affiliate down there in the Wiregrass. Where will you be the next couple of weeks uh, covering college football? So I was hoping that I would be able to go to Tennessee this weekend, Alabama, Tennessee, but that credential got um, denied, unfortunately. I might email them. and I mean, I, it's probably too late at this point. but Because, I mean, my Arkansas credential got denied at first as well. Um, but I emailed them, and they, they rewrote that for me. But I am uh, approved to go to Auburn, so I will probably be at Auburn Ole Miss uh, this weekend oh, yeah. unless, I just, unless I just decide to take this weekend off. But it is going to be a very good game, Auburn and Ole Miss, I believe. So I'll probably end up going to that this Saturday. Um, week after that. Oh, Bama's off, so you get to kind of do what you want, I guess, on that front. I, I, I can't. I don't think Troy plays that. I don't think Troy, Troy plays at home that week. So I think I'm planning on going to Auburn, Mississippi State. Is the plan there? Okay. So, 
And then you got to you got to go ahead and get on Josh's list for the LSU matchup in two I, three weeks. Absolutely, I, I I'm hoping that I get that uh, credential sent in or credential accepted, especially since I got the Tennessee one um, denied. So hopefully they let me go up there to that LSU game. Um, that's a game that I, I just really want to go to, honestly. Um, so I'm excited for that. I am already I am already approved for the Iron Bowl, so that's good. And then I'll be at um a couple of Troy games in between Troy, Louisiana. Maybe one other that I, is escaping my mind. So, go Trojans! Uh, there we go. Let's see. We, we, you know, we always pull for the smaller schools when they're not playing Alabama or, or Auburn. What's your thought on this matchup? Alabama and Tennessee coming up this weekend. I haven't really talked about it much on the show yet because everything. Obviously, yesterday was recapping Arkansas, but all oh, Tennessee massive revenge factor. But they are a much different team than they were last year. Not really prolific on offense, but much much better on defense. They beat Texas A&M this past weekend, largely due to their te- their special teams. And defense, what, 20 to 14, I believe it was the final score. They obviously had the upsetting loss in Florida in the swamp. I think Florida is two different teams. They play like world beaters at home and like uh, terrible on the road. Like Tarzan at home, Jane on the road. There, I think that, and, and yes, they did beat South Carolina on the road this weekend, but I don't really think South Carolina is that, that good. So, uh, what do you make of this weekend's game with Tennessee? You, they lost to Florida. They have won against kind of mediocre teams. I mean, the AM win is easily their best win. They beat Virginia in the first week. Great. They turned out to be a terrible team. They ended up beating who? UT Martin, I think, as well. I, I don't have their schedule. Austin right. P. And, yeah, and Austin P. That's it. Uh, so it's not really a whole lot of great wins for them. Oh, South Carolina at home. They took down South Carolina, but I just talked about them just briefly. What's your thoughts on this weekend's game? Major revenge factor, but also ma- massive hunger on both sides. Absolutely. So I look at it and – my first thought is immediately um, Milton has not been what he was really cracked up to be before the season yet. But he can throw it 90 yards, Tyler. He can yeah. throw it 90 yards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he. <laughs> I, I like what C.J. Watson says here. Yeah, <laughs> Low down, they're dirty. But um, he hasn't been what they needed him to be. But Tennessee, in a lot of ways, is a lot like, um, is a lot like Alabama, uh, their quarterback is um, somebody who has the physical attributes, but it might be something more in the mental that he has to um, he has to check off the list. Uh, and their defense is playing very well. So it's going to be a thing where it's like, can Milrow, first of all, can we get some of those deep shots to go uh, against this defense? Can we get, can we buy the time to get some of these deep, deep shots to go against the defensive line for Tennessee, who's been playing very well? Um, can we get our run game established um, against Tennessee? It's going to be very important to establish that run game, uh, no matter who it is. If you want to ride the hot hand or if you want to go by committee again, either way is fine by me. Keep all those legs fresh. Um, I believe that I'll say the one play that was funny to me, the, the Kobe Prentice touchdown, I, I was watching it back last night, and it, what it looked a lot like to me, from at least from the broadcast angle, was the, uh, the Jalen Hyatt long touchdown through the seam last year against um against us that hell it was kind of a, a misplay but in my opinion it was kind of a misplay by Helms from the deep safety position um oh the Arkansas safety busted badly yeah, yeah absolutely so that is something that I wanted to talk about it I saw from Jalen Milrow was he's starting to look off safeties on these deep throws because he's staring down that 
curl route, he gets that safety to bite, which still just horrible by the safety to not see that <laughs> that person's coming wide open down the scene. He's staring at Nia Black in front of him. Yeah, you're right. Go on. Yeah, so that's that's Milro. That's Milro making a play with his eyes, which is something that elite quarterbacks do consistently. So that's something I'm going to look for is for Milro to cont- continue to look off players, look off safeties, look off linebackers to be able to make throws and be able to open windows for his receivers to run into using his eyes. That is a high-level quarterback trait. So that's something that I'm going to be looking forward to. Um, Obviously, I want our defense to continue to play well against the Tennessee offense that has not really put it together yet. Please don't let them put it together against us. That seems like a trend for Alabama as we let teams that, like, are not particularly great on offense kind of put it it together on their first games against, like, like USF. I mean – not particularly great, but we were kind of letting them put it together sometimes in a scary one, especially in that torrential downpour to let sure. to let an offense that's really not great. Even though, I mean, it wasn't obviously that they were they weren't they weren't playing like world beaters, but they were playing much better than we should have allowed them to. So oh, it's yeah, just things yeah, like that. Sure. Just, they, they, we can't they let Byron Brown scramble all over the place and never really never really accounted for Byron Brown's running ability. Yeah, it's just we can't play down to our competition. We have to. One of the we really do need to establish a dominant statement win that says this Alabama team is one of the top teams in this conference. So, well, you play Tennessee's coming to town. Josh Eiffel on the way. Tyler White, put me in. You just graduated in the spring or last in December of last year. I graduated in August, so it was it was a summer graduation. Okay, that's great. So it puts me right in the window. All right, give me the 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 students' perspective on this game, especially the younger students. You went 16 years beating Tennessee, and so like for me, I don't mean to be like, oh, I'm old, but I grew, uh, I graduated high school in 08, and so like I knew when Tennessee was actually good in the late 90s and early 2000s, and obviously had some great epic games against Alabama and Tennessee. You think about the Roman Hart or fumble play through the back of the end zone. You think about the massive, what, three, four overtime games uh, that that they played. But then you went on a streak of 16 years. And while I think myself and several Alabama, older Alabama fans really enjoyed that based on, you know, kind of the history, the rivalry diminished in a great way. I mean, just from a national perspective. Uh, and really, it became kind of a given. Alabama's going to beat Tennessee. You know, Alabama's going to take them down. You know, even what Julio Jones and Mark uh, and, and Greg McElroy, they beat the heck out of them. Not many close games against Tennessee. Yeah, you had Derrick Henry you kind of have to run the ball, run the ball clock out. And of course, everybody thinks about the Rocky block, and that was epic, amazing game. But outside of those kinds of games, you really have beaten the brakes off of Tennessee. Sure, Trevon Diggs has the 99 yard interception to to seal the seal the deal in what 19 or yeah 19 i believe it was so what's the younger alabama fans perspective on this rivalry and has it did it change after seeing what or how the tennessee fans acted after the game last year <laughs> i feel like it's a perspective of they had a great year last year hinden hooker played like one of the best quarterbacks in college football they had jalen hyatt who was an absolute speedster taking the top off the defense every single game. It wasn't just us. He was beating every team the same way. Um, And it's a thing where it's Tennessee, you don't really have that this year. Sure, you're a little bit better on defense. But it's a thing where we might need to kind of slam that door back on, on Tennessee, where it's like we let you have a little taste of the glory, but now it's time to go back in the corner and, you know, 
play your role, but come on, this is Alabama we're talking about at the end of the day. Um, we still we still own them, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And CJ chiming in. CJ and I both are on the same page about Tennessee being probably our most hated rival. And you saw it last year. The Tennessee wins. They get a taste of finally uh, they beat Alabama in 16 years, and they act like absolute fools. And sure, enjoy the win. Enjoy the win. That's what it's about. You should enjoy the win. But they took it overboard. I mean, sure, I understand tearing down the goalpost. That that made perfect sense to me. But going out on social media, acting like the last 16 years hadn't never happened, and really, uh, you heard stories, lots of stories. I mean, uh, there's a rumor that a lot of merchandise was stolen off the sideline at Alabama. Obviously, you saw everybody flood the field, and Jermaine Burton gets a lot of criticism for uh, shoving that young lady. Push, shove, hit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But you also have a lot of people in the Alabama fans' faces have uh, first-hand knowledge or stories of, oh, man, we took a bus tour, and they were throwing food and beer at our buses, and they were dumping food all over us. And sure, enjoy your cigars. That's what it's there for, and enjoy your win. But I just – and it may be my own personal bias – I just feel like the Tennessee fan base handles winning in such a poor fashion that, you know, it only takes one win for the Alabama fans to think, oh, gosh, we can't let this happen again. We got to go another 16 years on their on their tail. No, honestly, I was on the field. I wore it wasn't an Alabama shirt, but it was a red and white striped um, one of those nice brands of like the dry fit polo shirts um had a little boat on it like i'm not sure what brand it is but it looks like an alabama shirt so i'm like genuinely i'm like are they gonna jump me <laughs> like, I'm like i'm afraid so i'm like sitting here i have my tripod on my shoulder i'm like keeping a keeping a radius of people like away from me like trying to beeline to the to the tunnel to get back to do the interviews and it's, it's just it was an absolute madhouse first of all even though we did lose and it, it stunk to watch that happen, especially watching that ugly field goal go through the goalpost. Um, and then everyone just flooding the field. It's just like, it's still kind of cool seeing all the lights and everyone's oh, sure, so happy. Sure. And, the atmosphere on television looked incredible. It looked like, oh, and I walked away from the game thinking, well, that was a hell of a three hours. Thanks so much for that. Both sides continue. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we just get back and it's just like, you get into the uh, press room where they the, the press dungeon where they put the Alabama players to to talk to us, and everyone's just depressed. They look like they've been banished. Like like leave our leave our place. Go to, to go here to the dungeon, and and Sab- Saban's fine. Saban's how he always is. But Bryce comes in there, and Bryce I feel like is always kind of uh, down or like sulky almost, but especially today, he was very much like. No, we just got to keep moving forward. <laughs> it's like it looked like on the verge of tears, honestly. And it's just like that's how that was a very, um, very symbolic of probably how the whole Alabama fan base kind of felt at the end of that game. It was a game that we should have won, kept that win streak alive, but we, you know, we let a little brother finally get one. It's just like you're going to be angry, but you're also going to be kind of upset because it's like, what are the odds that we get back to another 16 game win streak against them and really kind of own them the same way that we have? It's a long shot, especially with Tennessee playing the way that they are. So, 
So we're going to put uh, the coaching headset on Tyler White. This coming up weekend, Alabama, Tennessee, what are the keys to victory for Alabama this weekend? Obviously, we kind of outlined the struggles, both offenses uh, up and down, both defenses very, very strong. Coach White, offensive or defensive coordinator White, what are your keys for victory for the Crimson Tide? I think the defense has to continue to play well, and the defense has to be put into positions to play well, which is a, a thing that I think – Kevin Steele is leaps and bounds better than Pete Golding. He Pete Golding did not put players in positions to succeed very often. DeMarco Hellams, example one. I think Hellams has a lot of good talents as a player. He is not a deep free-range safety that <laughs> Golding liked to play him at very often. Sure. He is a box safety, go up and make tackles, make hard hits. I think that is something Kevin Steele has been very good at. I don't see him really um, mixing things up. Uh, going the opposite direction here against Tennessee. I think you're going to keep Caleb Downs playing that deep free range stage that he is so much better at Helms at playing. <laughs> he is elite at playing that position. Um, it would be nice to see Malachi Moore come back. I'm not sure what the what the odds on or the logistics on him coming back are. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be available. He warmed up. You you probably saw him on the sidelines. He warmed up and was in full uniform. But coach said that they were just gonna hold him out anyways. I bet you he's gonna be available this week, which is fine because I think you've seen Christian Story step up. You've seen Jalen Key step up. Um, those two are playing that position well. Um, Terry and Arnold has become a stalwart on the other side of that defense. So it's, we have two elite corners, honestly, in my opinion. Um, and the defensive line is all playing where, very well. So we just have to continue to play well on defense, not allow any busts in coverage, not put players in places where they're not going to succeed. Um, and hopefully Tresman Marshall is all right. I'm not sure. Was it was it a rib injury? Um, he's been huge for this defense as, as a tackle maker, as a, as a leader on this defense. He's been, he's been very important. So it's going to be important to have him for that game. And if not – Braswell's really going to have to step up. Um, some of the younger guys are going to have to step up. So, And then on offense, Milrow just has to continue to develop, continue to get better on the mental side of things, continue to um, work on that ability to look off safeties, look off linebackers, to open windows for your receivers to run into. And don't be afraid to look for your checkdowns early and early in the play clock when you hike the ball. If you see something open immediately, make that throw. Four-yard check. I mean, that, that can never hurt. Put them in a position where maybe they can make a few people miss. And get get that first down. Let your receivers make their plays. We have we have receivers that can make plays this year. First of all, Jermaine Burton has been playing incredible the past two games. I mean, he was making some sideline catches against Arkansas that were just – this is a completely different person than he was last year. And he's very confident about it. I mean, I saw him. You see him. What's your take on that? Is he too braggadocious, too confident? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you can be too confident. But I mean, you see him make the first catch on the sideline. He, he does the rocks, rocks the baby, you know. And it's just, um, I like to see it. I like to see uh, Alabama wide receiver, you know, really playing dominant. Um, and I, I think, um, I don't think. You come off of a 200-yard game with, what, two, three touchdowns, um, and you're going to you're gonna be pretty confident. So, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think as long as he's not, as long as he's not, you know, um, How getting How close flagged, is he to uh, getting a flag? That's my question, really. <laughs> I guess that's a fair question, but, I mean, I'm, I have no I'm, – I'm not going to put my referee goggles on today. So, um, and then I think – I think we could get Amari Nyblak more involved in this – because I think Amari Nyblak is very 
very talented. I mean, he he make he makes plays all the time, and it seems like he doesn't really. Um, maybe I maybe I'm missing things. I don't think I am. I don't. I haven't seen him really drop many passes. It seems like he really has been very reliable in this receiving game. So yeah. if Melro wants to get to the point where he can consistently make throws, he can look for an eye black. He can look for an eye black early and often. Um, be a reliable receiver to find. And when your first option is not, not open, if you want to look back and try to find Nye Black, odds are Nye Black's going to make a play for you. So I think we can get Nye Black more involved. I think this offense can kind of step up more. Obviously, our run game needs to continue to be strong, and I think it will continue to be strong, um, whether it's riding the hot hand, Jason McClellan, or Roydell Williams, or giving Jam Miller a shot with a little bit more carries, which I think would not be a bad idea. I think Jam Miller looks like a very strong runner and, and a very – fast runner so got a little more juice than Roydell but he's also got more power than Jace in my opinion uh, I like both Roydell and Jace but I think that I think Jam Miller kind of gives you the best of both worlds <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely so that's that's kind of what I see and, and then Jalen Miller has to continue to play mistake-free football not give the ball away not give uh this Tennessee offense more opportunities to get going so and he's been doing well about that recently I mean through the one interception against um against A&M but he it was pretty clean overall against Arkansas. Uh, ten for you have to get better than ten for twenty one. You have to because eleven incompletions not good really. Yeah, eleven incompletions stops the clock eleven times. First of all, I mean it gives it just gives Arkansas it gives gives the opponent more time to make plays. Uh, and uh, if you're going to play good defense, the second thing you want to do is command the clock. Um, so those incompletions are things that we just have to do better on. So you have to get your completion percentage better so we can keep the clock rolling, keep that defense playing well. Um, so, yeah. All right, so we're talking to Tyler White, and we're going to wrap up right here with one more little conversation. Tyler White of WDHN down there in Dothan. Follow him at Tyler White TV on the X or Twitter, whatever you guys are calling that these days, and watch him on WDHN. What, 6-10 at 6-10 and 6-8 and 10? So 6, six o'clock. Uh, nine o'clock, we do our Fox 34 show, and then at 10, yes, uh, we do our other WDHN show. So, WDHN is six and 10, uh, Fox 34 at nine. Those are my shows. There we go, though. We got to make sure you're following Tyler right there on those shows in the Wiregrass area. All right, last little conversation is kind of evolving over the weekend. Tyler White, if Washington, Florida State, Oklahoma, Georgia, and what was my fifth one? Michigan, Michigan or Ohio State, doesn't matter. All go undefeated the rest of the way. Who is getting left out of the playoff? Did you did you say Oregon? Well, Oregon's already lost. So Washington yeah. undefeated us. Pac-12 champion. So Washington from the Pac-12, undefeated Pac-12 champion. Florida State from the ACC, undefeated ACC champion. Oklahoma, undefeated Big 12, Pac- uh, undefeated Big, Big 12 champion. Michigan and or Ohio State, whoever you want right there, undefeated Big 10 champion. And then Georgia, undefeated SEC champion. Who's getting left out of the playoff? That's tough. I think... Oklahoma and Washington have two of the best wins right now over Texas and over Oregon. Um, Michigan, who has Michigan beat so far? Not really anyone. Yeah. I mean, they've won all their games, but it's been Indiana. It's been, you know, Wright State. Not really. Let's see. Let me pull up their schedule. But, they, but not really anyone. And then 
is Ohio State. First of all, I think Ohio State, it makes the decision easy if Ohio State wins that game against Michigan, I think. Um, But I'm not sure. that It is is a tough question. Um, I mean, obviously, I hope we beat Georgia. (laughs) Well, that's the secondary layer. If Alabama continues to go to win their games, wins the West, goes to play an undefeated Georgia – Obviously, Alabama sitting at number 11 right now, not really getting a whole lot of national respect. But can Alabama beat Georgia and jump one of those other four undefeated Power 5 conference uh, champions and get into the playoff? Or will Alabama be left out due to the other teams being undefeated Power 5 champions? I think if all these other teams are playing well and continue to remain undefeated and continue to make these big wins – I think there's no way Alabama can jump an undefeated team. I think we need we're going to need a little bit of help, uh, in my opinion, because all these teams not only are they going to be undefeated, but they they have good wins. They will have good wins, and they're blowing out teams. They're not, um, they're not barely sk- skating by these teams that they should win. So it's it's it would be tough. It would definitely be tough. You definitely I don't think you put them in over Oklahoma. You definitely don't put them in over Washington. Uh, the only one is maybe Michigan because even if they beat Ohio State, Ohio State hasn't been great this year. But still, Michigan is one of those perennial powerhouses that they are going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So um, that's that. That the crazy part about it is there's a chance that this might be the first year that there, there's not an SEC team in the playoff. Right. It's so crazy because Florida State can continue to win and then play and beat North Carolina, a highly ranked North Carolina, in an ACC championship game. Oklahoma can continue to win and probably play uh, Texas again in a Big 12 championship game. And if they beat Texas a second time, boom, they are in for sure. Washington can continue to win. I think that they would line up against Utah or SC in a Pac-12 championship game. They win that, they're probably going to be in for sure. You got Michigan, if you beat Ohio State, what, top five Ohio State, and then the next week beat whoever they're getting from the other division – they're going to be in. So really the biggest threat or the biggest, I guess, uh, I think Florida State is the is the lowest ranked kind of Alabama could jump Florida State if they continue to win and beat. Uh, the biggest thing for Alabama fans, you got to be pulling for Georgia. You got to be pulling for Georgia. Yeah, Brock Bowers is hurt, but Georgia needs to stay at number one so that Alabama, when they, when, when you, when they play that game in the SEC title, if they get there, has a chance to knock off number one in that last weekend. You knock off number one in that last weekend. You claim the SEC championship. Yes, it's the back-to-back defending champ. I think that might get you in over Florida State, but I think it's going to be a huge debate, and the college football world will explode on its head with one of those teams being left out. Yeah, I think it's going to be um, – I think one other thing we need – to mention is, is North Carolina is also still undefeated. Yeah, they have a game. They have a game against a, a highly ranked, or not highly ranked, but a decently ranked Duke team still coming up. Ten point win over a ranked Miami. Um, and if they beat Florida State, North Carolina might make it in there because I mean Drake May is one of the better quarterbacks in the country, and the team's playing well around him. So, uh, that game is going to be huge. That that game, uh, Drake May versus uh Jordan Travis, Florida State versus North Carolina. That's going to be huge. You'd also like to see maybe Duke just knock off North Carolina. So then we don't really have to worry about North Carolina. And then North Carolina can go around and knock off Florida State. Make everything really easy. But um, not easy, but easier, I guess. So it, it's definitely going to come down to a crazy finish here in college football. It's 
And hey, I'll say it's kind of the same in high school football, especially right here on the wire ass. 5A Region 2 has an opportunity to end in a five-way tie. Oh! Has an opportunity to end in a five-way tie. That is the probably not going to happen. Um, second place in 7A Region 2 is likely to end in a three-way tie for second place behind Central Phoenix with Auburn, Enterprise, and Dothan because they all beat each other, and they're all going to have that uh, one, one loss in region. So two losses in region because Central Phoenix uh, – is absolutely running through region two. They're so. waxed everybody. They're really Central Phoenix is so good. Yeah. So that it, it's very similar. It, it's kind of funny to see. So well, Tyler, I've had a lot of fun with you, man. I know you got to get get on to some volleyball and get on to your regular job. I appreciate you hanging out with us on the Joe Gaither show. Tell everybody where they can follow you, where you'd like them to uh, send their support, and really just everything you're doing down at WDHN and any kind of passion projects you got on the side. I really appreciate it, your time, and uh, just we got to keep going and catch up again soon. Tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can find you. Absolutely. Hop on over to X, formerly known as Twitter. You can follow me at Tyler White TV. Uh, right here on uh, Facebook, if you're watching this on Facebook, go up in the search bar, type Tyler White WDHN. That's my professional sports page. I, I'm really trying to build that. Uh, so really hop on over there, follow me there, uh, like like my post, uh, whatever you like there. Uh, hop on over to LinkedIn, find me, Tyler White. Add me on LinkedIn, connect. I'll, I'll connect with you. Um, let's see. I have an Instagram page. I don't use it that much. I probably should use it more. Um, don't worry about that. So, yeah, just Twitter and right here on Facebook are probably my two main ones. So, Find me over there, Tyler White, WDHN on Facebook, Tyler White TV on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, and that'll be great for me. So there you go. And, and w- once again, what times are you on television down in the wa- in the wiregrass? Yeah, you can catch me on WDHN. Unfortunately, we don't have a stream, which is super unfortunate that you can't watch that stream. But um, if you are here in the wiregrass, flip on over to Channel 18. Six and 10 are our Channel 18 WDHN shows, and Channel 34 for Fox 34 when we do our Fox broadcast. That's going to be at 9. I come on around 9.40 for sports. So, yeah, check those out for sure. Absolutely. Tyler, thanks so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day, man. We'll catch up again soon. Hey, thanks you so much for having me, Joe. I've had a blast. No problem, man. Have a great day. That's Tyler White joining us on the Joe Gaither Show. What a pleasure. He has been such a, you know, I love watching all the uh, former Alabama students growing, and he's in charge down there. He's running all the sports down there, uh, covering all the high schools and really all the area colleges as well. So really just taking his career and jumping off with it, uh, owning his own career. I love that for Tyler White. So I appreciate him jumping in and joining us. That's Tyler White joining us from WDHN. Follow him at Tyler White TV on the X twitter machine and tell him that you appreciate his time and his takes he's going to be on the field uh likely for alabama or for, for old miss auburn maybe for alabama lsu he's going to be on the field giving a great perspective in a lot of college football stadiums over the last few weeks of the season and it's going to be a wild last few weeks of the season as we sort of outlined with the uh college football playoff picture being as muddy as it has ever been in the college football playoff era in my opinion now uh, would be a great year for a 12-team playoff. We are fortunate to be getting that next year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see the 12-team playoff. Would you imagine Missouri might be in line for one of those 12-team spots if we had 12 teams? Crazy! Crazy. All right, so we're going to have a lot of fun the rest of the week. That was Tyler White joining us, and we really, really appreciate it. Always love catching up with all the great reporters in the Alabama, state of Alabama. Uh, Wednesday, we're going up to Birmingham. Birmingham, can you paint me a Birmingham? We're going to Birmingham for SEC Basketball Media Days. Oh, my gosh. 
I love basketball so much. I cannot wait for basketball. Oh, I cannot wait for basketball. We're going to talk to Nate Oates. We're going to talk to Aaron Estrada. We're going to talk to Mark Sears. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Uh, we're going to try to bring you that show. It might be a little bit later just due to our travel time to Birmingham, uh, but we will put together our conversations with Nate Oates, with Mark Sears, with Aaron Estrada for you guys right here on the Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com. We're going to try to see what other celebrities or other basketball personalities we can uh, hang out with tomorrow. Will we talk to John Calipari? We will if they let us. We'll talk to anybody if they will let us up there in Birmingham. It's going to be a lot of fun SEC Media Day basketball edition tomorrow on the program. That's going to be a lot of fun. Now, Thursday, I believe we're going to do basketball again, but it'll be for the ladies. Kirsty Curry and them girls are up at 9 a.m. on Thursday, so we will try our best to uh, bring you Kirsty Curry as well on the program. It's going to be a lot of fun. Heavy Alabama basketball over the next two days. We're also going to be reaching out to some folks in the Knoxville area. Lots of connections uh, that cover the Tennessee Vols. Thanks to my father and thanks to my friends and family living in the Chattanooga area. We are going to try to connect with some of the Tennessee volunteers, writers, or reporters, or radio personalities to talk about the Tennessee Vols. Of course, on Friday, we're going to do Football Friday with Katie Windham and Austin Hannon. Of course, we will end the day with our picks Katie Wyndham and myself uh, having a good day, but Austin Hannon getting the cherry, getting the crown with the Alabama pick, beating Alabama on the spread, Arkansas plus the 20 for Austin Hannon. So you want to make sure you're following Football Friday before you go to the window, before you make your bets, before you do your pool picks. Uh, we will do Football Friday and give you all our expertise. So, so for Tyler White, that's Tyler White from WDHN. Make sure you follow him and let him know how thankful you are for joining us today. For you guys, the listeners, I love you so much. The viewers, I love you so much. You can watch us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. Subscribe, rate, review the show, share it to a friend, share it to an enemy, send it to your dog, your mom, your cat. And we appreciate anybody and everybody supporting the program. Program. You can follow us at Joe Gaither 6 for your comments, questions, queries, and complaints. We will connect with you on the social media, answer your DMs, talk sports, talk life, talk uh, politics a little, I guess, if you want to. Uh, but really just connect with you guys, all our friends and family at the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. So once again, we are at Bama Central, and this was the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Have a great day.